Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Good! The Bulls win it! They win it! Pippen runs down the lane. Dumps it out the horse. Paxson for three! Yeah! Rose crosses over the fadeaway. Got it! Let me step back and kiss myself! Oh my gosh, it's over! Windy City Assassin does it again! Well, we've made it to the offseason. The season is over for the Bulls, 31-41 and 41 record. It was a disappointment, but there's a lot of hope going forward. This is going to be a much different offseason than last year. Even though last year's offseason was still one of change, this year's will really be one of change. Welcome into the Believe in Bulls podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. Awesome to be back with you. Yeah, this season didn't go according to plan, considering I sat here saying this team is a playoff team, and it was, on paper, a playoff team. I still stand by that. This year is a disappointment, but nonetheless, I really think the future's bright. You're going to hear from Billy Donovan here later in the show, a couple quotes that stood up from his post-game press conference. He gave a five-minute answer when Joe Cowley asked him about the Nikola Vucevic trade and how that affected the playoff chances. I'm not playing the whole answer, but I cut out two great sound bites from that. But yeah, the Bulls missed the play-in tournament by a couple games. We're going to look at what's next. Oh, and by the way, Tony Kukoc is a Hall of Famer. So I have to talk about that later on in the show as well, because I'm really happy that Tony Kukoc, the Croatian sensation, is getting into the Hall of Fame. That's another Hall of Famer from that 96-98 to three-peat. But let's stay in the present. Let's look at this year. Again, 31-41 and 41 final record. This year, Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley said at the beginning of the season, and it's proven to be that way, it was an evaluation year. When you get a new front office in here like that, you don't want to come in and make any rash decisions. And that's what Arturis was really big on. You saw it at the beginning with the Jim Boylan decision. Arturis did not get rid of Jim Boylan right away. All of us Bulls fans knew that Jim Boylan was not the guy. Bulls Twitter was saying, why is Boylan still the coach? Why is Boylan still a coach? Joe Cowley's out there reporting, well, maybe there's some belief that he'll stay the coach. 
That was never the case. Arturis did his homework. He wanted to see how Jim operated in person. He didn't want to just go based off last year. He didn't want to go based off what he heard. He wanted to go based off his own eyes and see what he thought. And he decided the best route to go was to bring in a new coach. And I never dreamed the coach would be Billy Donovan. I'm on the record saying, well, maybe, you know, Wes Sunsell Jr. was my pick. Maybe he'd be good. And if you can maybe make a, make a phone call to Billy Donovan, you have to because he's gone from Oklahoma City. You have to at least call him. I did not expect him to actually become the coach. I about dropped my phone when I heard Billy Donovan was a new head coach of the Bulls. So a lot of changes in that regard. But the way Arturis is going about things, he could have easily started the fire sale in the offseason. He didn't. He waited until the trade deadline when he got rid of key pieces. Wendell Carter Jr., Chandler Hutchison, Daniel Gafford, Luke Cornett, which I'm still celebrating to this day. He got rid of all of those guys at the trade deadline. He did not do that right away. He wanted to see how they did on the court with his own eyes. And I appreciate that. I respect it. And now you have a full season of evaluation. And I think going forward, this offseason is going to see a huge amount of roster turnover. I think Lowry Markkinen is good as gone. I think he played his last game as a bull. I mean, it's kind of fitting that he started that last game, but I think Lowry is gone. I will talk more about what's next later on in the program. But the big storyline to this season was the trade deadline and getting Nikola Vucevic and Daniel Tice. That's another thing. We talk about the Vucevic trade. You have to talk about the Tice trade as well, because Daniel Tice made an impact down the stretch. And I talked about this on Believe in Betting Chicago with Joey Christopoulos this week. I love talking with Joey, by the way. I always love coming on the show with him. And we talked a lot about the Daniel Tice impact and whatnot and whether he'll be back next year. I don't think the Bulls can afford him, unfortunately, but I'd love to have him back in the United Center as a Bull next year. But getting back on point, the Vucevic trade was the landmark moment of the year. That was at the trade deadline. The Bulls went 12-17 and 17 after the deadline. And I remember doing the trade deadline show, which I specifically held off until Thursday, and I'm really, really glad I did. I never dreamed that Nikola Vucevic would be a bull at that trade deadline, so I'm really happy I waited that extra day. But yeah, 12-17 and 17 after the deadline. I'm on the record saying this trade made them a playoff team. I was talking about the great impact that Nikola Vucevic would have on this offense. It would allow Billy Donovan to have another layer to the offense that was already running really well, even with Wendell Carter Jr. down low. You bring in an all-star like Nikola Vucevic to pair with Zach Levine. On paper, you're thinking, this team just got that much more dangerous. And yeah, they're a playoff team. Now, they got dealt a pretty crap hand later on. Zach Levine testing positive for COVID did not help at all, and it came in a really bad time. That didn't help. Vooch got hurt a little bit later on. There were other miscellaneous injuries and Washington heating up. I mean, Russell Westbrook, wow, what else can you say? That didn't help matters either. So there were a lot of factors in here. But Billy Donovan brought up a really good point in his post-game press conference when Joe Cowley of the Sun-Times asked him if it was a disappointment missing the playoffs, especially after the Vucevic trade. Billy went on for, I kid you not, five minutes with this answer. That was a five-minute answer that he got back to Joe Cowley with. And I'm not going to play the whole thing. Like I said, I'm not going to subject you to it. I picked out two-minute-long quotes. Two minutes worth of the five-minute answer. And here's the first bite 
where he talks about the timing of this move and why it was so challenging to integrate Vucevic, Tice, and the others into the offense at that point. Here's how I look at it. A third of our roster got turned over, okay? And with the roster being turned over, um, one of the things I think that was the challenging part was, you know, we didn't have a chance to work with each other. We didn't have a chance to practice. We threw this thing together. We went on a West Coast trip. I'm trying to figure out things on the fly of how the best way for our team to play. That's something I'm going to take a deep dive into myself personally. You know, other things I could have done differently or done better. But I think, Joe, the one thing that I've seen, and I haven't been in the NBA that long, when you look at these trades, most of the trades are trades to add. You know, and generally the trades are guys coming off the bench or filling a hole. This was a, I don't want to say a blockbuster trade close to it, but this was a trade where immediately a guy comes in here and now he's unequivocally 1A or 1B right away. Those things don't normally happen in the NBA. You know, generally you look. Now here's quote number two, talking about bringing in the type of talent like an all-star center forward, whatever position you want him to be, and Nikola Vucevic, and Daniel Tice as well. When you talk about bringing in the caliber of player of Nikola, I mean, and then Daniel Tice, who's come from obviously a lot of winning in Boston, and also Javante, and then Troy, like the whole entire uh, thing got kind of flipped upside down, and now you're left with a day of practice that these guys cannot participate in because you're taking a West coast trip and they haven't cleared the medical aspect of it. And now all of a sudden you're going to golden state, San Antonio, Phoenix, Utah, and you just keep, okay, what do we learn about this game? What do we learn about that game? So yes, it was, it was, it was hard to, um, uh, you know, to, to, to make that kind of trade and to your point, not get to postseason. But it was also a trade, I think, if you go around and look at a lot of trades, how many of those kind of trades where a trade was made where a guy immediately elevated and was so good that you had to totally take advantage of his skill set. And in doing that, it obviously impacted a lot of other guys on the team. I keep saying it, and I'm going to say it again. It is so refreshing hearing a coach be that honest and thorough with his answers instead of coach speak it is so nice after the crap we dealt with with Jim Boylan those clips courtesy of the Chicago Bulls Periscope on Twitter RIP Periscope by the way I believe Periscope is gone so I think it's a Twitter live is what that's called but yeah very detailed answers and honest answers and honestly I agree with Billy 100% you're going to incorporate a guy like Nikola Vucevic mid-year into this offense, which was running really well with Wendell Carter Jr., mind you. That's the point I made with Joey on Believe in Betting Chicago. This offense was running well with Wendell Carter Jr., but you bring in a completely different player in Nikola Vucevic. Now, obviously, you're going to bring in a different player, but what I mean by that, Wendell was good in the pick-and-roll system in that he could set a good pick and maybe get some rebounds, put up some points, Nikola Vucevic can shoot the three, he can rebound, he can pass, he can score. He's not a necessarily great defensive present, but still, he is the type of forward that you can pair with a scorer like Zach Levine and have a really strong, potent offense. That needs time. 
You can't do that on the fly mid-year in the middle of a West Coast road trip and expect it to have instant impact, especially when, like Billy said, a third of the roster changed. That's how seismic of a change that was. A third of the roster changed mid-year in the middle of a West Coast road trip. That is insane, and that's why I'm not worried about the Vucevic trade at all. It'll look even better if the Bulls can keep that top four pick, because that's the only way they keep that pick, is if it's in the top four, because it was top four protected when they made the deal. The Bulls now have a 20.3% chance of landing in that top four. We'll see if that happens. The lottery's coming up July 29th. That's two months away. We're going to see what happens there. But moral of the story right now, I'm not ready to count the Vucevic trade as a loss for the Bulls. I think... Next year is where you're really going to see the impact of Nikola Vucevic in Billy Donovan's system. So what's next this offseason? Even now we've had the Vucevic trade in the past. The season is now in the past. Let's look at a little bit to the future. Bye-bye Lowry Markkinen, first of all. I think Lowry has played his last game as a bull. I expected bigger things this year. He looked to be on track. And then he had that shoulder injury against Orlando, fittingly. And he just never really was the same. Ended up being relegated to the bench. Started a little bit here and there in garbage time toward the end of the year, but still, Lowry Markkinen's gone. I have no doubt about that. That seems to be the general consensus. Get a point guard. I'm still going to be pounding my chest for Lonzo Ball. I'm not going to shut up about that. He is my pick. I know Joey and I talked about De'Aaron Fox as a fit, as a shoot-first guard, and I've been thinking about that, and I'm still like, I wouldn't be opposed to that, but I want a pass-first guard. Because the offense seemed to be looking okay with Tomas Sadoransky running the point. Because Sadoransky is a pass-first point guard. However, he is not starter material. He, I hate mixing sports references. But I'm going to mix sports references in this case. Nick Foles with the Bears is a good backup quarterback. When teams game plan for him, when he has to be game planned against, he doesn't perform very well. Tomas Sadoransky is a good backup point guard. But when teams can game plan for him to start, he's not great. And the passing, some of that has to do with like how the offense is running. But still, sometimes he gets a little too passive. If you can bring in a guy like Lonzo Ball, Lonzo can pass. We've seen that. He's not as good as his brother LaMelo, but still, he can pass. He can score. He's changed his shot from that weird little maneuver he did. And I wish you could see me trying to replicate it in my little studio here. But he's changed his shot. He's being more consistent from three. He can score. He can pass. I think he is the perfect fit for this offense, especially with Levine and Vucevic there. I think Lonzo Ball is the guy you have to target. And Adrian Wojnarowski is saying there's a lot of interest from the Bulls. There would have been a deal at the trade deadline, it sounds like, if the Bulls didn't go after and get Vucevic. It sounds like Lonzo could be a Bull right now. But the interest is still there. That's going to be one of the biggest storylines to follow this offseason. Will Lonzo Ball end up in Chicago? I still cannot believe I'm calling for Lonzo Ball to come to the Bulls. But it's the reality of the game right now. That's my pick. I think I've brought it up on damn near every episode of the pod since this started in January. So I'm kind of sounding like a broken record. I'm not going to shut up about it. The other key event this offseason is the lottery. Again, July 29th. 20.3% chance of being in the top four. That number was up over 30 at one point for the Bulls, but they won a couple games they probably shouldn't have won. And now they have a 20.3% chance of being in the top four. If they can land in the top four, that could shape the offseason because you could have another piece to build around for the future. I've said it last week. I said it the week before. I'm going to say it again. Zach Levine, Nikola Vucevic, Patrick Williams. Untouchable in offseason trade talks, whatever. 
Those guys do not even get talked about. Everyone else should be on the table. Kobe White, Thaddeus Young, which I'm not sure about Thaddeus Young's contract situation either. If they're going to guarantee anything, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how that would work for trades. But I think Levine, Vucevic, Williams, untouchable. Everyone else on the table, they can be dealt if you can get something for them. With Kobe White especially, get something for him. If you want to trade Thaddeus Young, if you guarantee him, get something for him. You need to get something for these guys. Don't just trade them for a box of paper clips. Get something back. And I think that's going to shape the offseason. Arturis Karnaschovas has shown he wants to be aggressive. I think he will be aggressive. And this offseason, we're going to hopefully have a lot of fun transactions to talk about here on the pod. I'm really excited to see AK and Mark Eversley have a full offseason now to do their thing. They've seen what these guys can do for a year. Now they can go out and, after their evaluations, market them in trade talks and maybe make a big swing. We're going to see. I'm really, really excited. And the draft's going to be interesting, too. I'm still not ruling out a trade up in the draft if the Bulls aren't in the top four. That's how aggressive I see Arturis being this offseason. I could see a trade up if the Bulls don't have a first-round pick. We're going to see. It's going to be fun. I'm excited. Last thing before I wrap up the show this week. Big news came out on Sunday from the National Basketball Hall of Fame. Tony Kukoc is a Hall of Famer. That is awesome. A key piece to the second three-peat. And you saw him featured in the last dance that the Bulls did not exactly warm up to him right away because that was one of Jerry Krause's guys, one of Jerry's guys. And the Bulls weren't really sure about him at first. Turned out to be the best sixth man of all time. I'm not sure you can find a better sixth man in the history of the NBA. Tony Kukoc is the greatest sixth man ever, and that's why he was such a great piece to that Bulls three-peat in the second half of the 90s. His Croatian numbers alone would get him into the Hall of Fame, but the Croatian sensation is in the Hall of Fame, or he will be in the Hall of Fame next year. That makes four Hall of Famers from the second three-peat. That doesn't include Phil Jackson and Tex Winter. Okay. I do have to address this tweet. I was going to retweet it and use my what, however many characters I have, 280, to respond to this. But I wanted to use this space here because I have a lot of thoughts. So Nick Wright tweets out about Kukoc getting into the hall. So MJ's last three championships came with not one, not two, but three Hall of Fame teammates and a Hall of Fame coach. Interesting. Well, I retweeted it and said Michael Jordan didn't call up Pippen, Robin, and Kukoc and ask to play together. Jerry Krause went out and got those guys. Say what you want about Jerry Krause, but he got the job done. And the reason I made that reference is because Nick Wright is a big LeBron fan. Like, he is adamant that LeBron is the greatest of all time. And LeBron, it's well known, called up Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, and said, hey, let's play together in Miami. And then he recruited Anthony Davis and said, hey, come to Los Angeles with me. And Anthony Davis requested out of New Orleans to go to Los Angeles to play for the Lakers with LeBron. So that's why I made that reference. Well... One of my Twitter followers replied to my tweet and said, Ha, how, I think it's supposed to be how many, championships did the Bulls win without MJ, ever before or after? Correct answer, zero. Krause broke the team up because he thought he was the smartest guy in the room. He wasn't. He did a good job, but he was not the driving force behind that success. All right, George, uh, I get what you're saying here. I, I understand the frustration with Jerry Krause. Let's take a step back here. Jerry Krause was not a people person. He did not know how to deal with people very well. His mannerisms sucked. Michael hated him. Scotty hated him. They did not like Jerry as a person. But as an executive, 
He knew what he had to do. He went out and got Dennis Rodman. Yes, he went out and got Rodman to play with Michael Jordan. Before that first three-peat, he traded away Charles Oakley, one of Michael's best friends on the team, for Bill Cartwright, and that led to a championship and then another and then another. As an executive, Jerry Krause knew what he was doing to get the team to win. Now, he broke the team up in 98. I get that, and I, even then, like, Jerry Reinsdorf wanted those guys to come back, but Jerry Krause wanted to rebuild, and it didn't go well. But you have to give credit where credit's due here. Michael did not call up those guys. Krause went out, and he found Tony Kukoc in Croatia. He went out and got Tony Kukoc. Now, whether his motivation was for him to be one of the building blocks for the post-Michael years, whatever. He still saw the talent that was Tony Kukoc and brought him to Chicago. So, George on Twitter, I understand your frustration that, oh, Jerry Krause did a good job, but he was not the driving force behind that success. Michael was the guy. You have the greatest of all time on your team, yet you're going to win a lot. And that's why the point about how many championships did the Bulls win without MJ ever before or after, correct answer is zero. Well, yeah, you had the greatest of all time on your team. That's going to help. You found Scottie Pippen in the draft, and then you went out and made these trades. Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, you had Steve Curry, John Paxson was already on the team. You had these role players like that. Then you have Tony Kukoc, the greatest sixth man of all time. You went out and found him in Croatia. Yeah, give Jerry Krause the credit that he's due. I've seen a lot of Jerry Krause slander recently, especially with what Aaron Rodgers is saying in Green Bay about how he's calling the GM of the Packers Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause won six rings. You can say whatever you want about Jerry Krause as a person. As an executive, he won six rings. He's a big reason why the Bulls won six rings. There's a reason he's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. I don't care what you thought of him as a person. As an executive, as a general manager, he was instrumental to that success. And I just wanted to make that point out here because 280 characters was not enough for me to convey my thoughts about Jerry Krause's impact on the Bulls. But to get back on point, congratulations to Tony Kukoc. I think this is deserved. I know people are back and forth on whether he should be in the Hall or not. His Croatian numbers alone get him in the Hall of Fame because it is the Basketball Hall of Fame, not the NBA Hall of Fame. I personally am really happy for Tony Kukoc, and I'm really happy as a Hall of Famer because that another Hall of Famer on that team, and he should be a Hall of Famer anyway. So it's about damn time, basically, is what I'm saying. So thank you for listening to my rant about Jerry Krause as well. I'm just, I never thought I'd defend Jerry Krause like that, but I'm seeing a lot of slander, and I'm like, guys, the guy won six rings. So did Michael, yes. But Jerry Krause was the GM, and he had to keep that going. He is, I would argue, he's as much responsible for that as Michael is, because Michael got the job done on the court, Jerry got the job done upstairs. That's just where I stand. I'm going to wrap up this week's episode right here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Looking forward to having some fun conversations in the offseason. I'm going to book a bunch of guests to fill the time as well. So send me any questions you want, any topics you want to discuss. I look forward to talking back with you here next week on the Believe in Bulls podcast, on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're still doing really well with downloads. I thank all of you for the support. I will talk to you right back here next Wednesday, everybody. Take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. 
Granger, for the ones who get it done.